Hey everybody, welcome back to Forbidden Cinema. Going deeper, I'm Zach. I'm Jenny. And we are going deeper on our last film, Weekend at Bernie's. Fun romp. <laughs> so let's uh, let's start right at the sequel. Okay, That's let's It's a terrible do it. place to start. Weren't we just talking that you start at the beginning? Well, we're going to start at the next one. The more fun one? Yeah. Uh, Maybe no. I wasn't. Didn't you say it was kind of more all the things that were in the preview that seemed fun in the first one is what the second one's all made up of. I think maybe there's a such thing as too much of a good thing. Okay. Well, I mean, I, mean, I would have assumed that with both of these movies anyway. <laughs> let, let, let's 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 level the playing field of what my expectations are. Um, these are not great movies, and but I thought more. The Weekend of Bernie's was way more serious or tried to be more seriously in content than, than the previews would have indicated. Yes, somewhere in here, I have a 25th anniversary weekend at Bernie's and I have an, a very interesting Entertainment Weekly uh, comment. I'll, it's in my notes somewhere. We'll, okay. we'll get to it. Um, this uh, The original movie was a modest hit. $15 million budget made $30 million at the box office. Yep. So did okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roger Ebert hated this movie, put it on one of his most hated movies of all time. I can uh, respect that. Said it was like a bad version of a Blake Edwards film. I couldn't wait for it to end. <laughs> I could see that though. I could see, um, you know, Blake Edwards is um, the Pink Panther. So like very like just a lot of physical comedy that you're like, was it really necessary? I feel like we've discussed SOB on this right, podcast we have. before. It's yes. Uh, Julie I think Andrews. Julie Andrews nude scene. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I believe there's a. He said he's commenting on that. I believe there's a dead body gag in that. Got it. Okay. And I guess maybe that's better than this. <laughs> in the ranking of dead body gags. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the sequel is kind of the hunt for Bernie's gold. We're looking for the embezzled money. Oh. So there's $2 million missing. Okay. Nobody knows where it is. Got so it. So Barry Bostwick is Bernie's boss, and so he's looking for it. We have the voodoo tribe who's looking for there's it. There's a voodoo tribe? Oh, oh, okay. There's a voodoo tribe who's looking. I don't know why, how exactly they get into it. I kind of read a summary and then just clipped through and watched a few scenes here or there. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, the... The voodoo guys, they go to reanimate Bernie. Uh, they actually lose their chicken. They've got him in the bathroom of a porno theater, and they lose the chicken. Uh, there's a visceral scene of them crawling through feet on the floor of the porno theater. <laughs> it just made me so sick. Gross. Okay. So I would their- I yeah. just, just, I could tell you right now, movie over, uh, blow. <laughs> that's where two hundred thousand dollars or two million dollars went to that house to the garish lifestyle to his porsche golf cart <laughs> i mean obvious but anyway but uh, so they are able to partially reanimate him he mm-hmm. only uh comes alive when he's listening to music okay interesting and so there's continuous gags of oh the jukebox gets stolen oh the whatever gets stolen oh he's wearing headphones and he gets shot in the head with a spear gun or whatever so Lots okay. of gags. Lots That's, of gags. That sounds like a blast. Um, by the end of the movie, the two voodoo guys are turned into goats. Bernie is hula-ing off, or his, is shuffling off into the sunset. And uh, we actually do find the money. The money gets returned. But da, 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 he actually stole $3 million. Oh, no. <laughs> so the guys have an extra million to go crazy with. Okay. Uh, this movie is reviewed extraordinarily poorly. 
It was actually a modest hit of itself. It was made for less money than the original and made less, but uh, but it was a modest hit. I mean, I think that that it's kind of a given with things like that when you're like, oh, that was fun. Oh, that should be fun. Oh, it wasn't, but we already bought our tickets. Doesn't matter. This movie um, was, from what I can tell uh, by the folks over at uh, PG Nudity uh, thread in Reddit, which apparently is a lot of people who spend a lot of time cataloging (laughs) (laughs) uh, nudity from PG and PG-13 movies. This is, the sequel is the last straight PG, not PG-13 movie, to feature non-Indigenous breasts in a widely released movie. Okay. So just a gratuitous, Bernie is parasailing and is just being pulled across the beach and ripping ladies' tops off. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, So in 2009, hip-hop artist Trey Doe started his craze, Moving Like Bernie. Okay, so we had a, we had a dance. We had a dance. We had a, a internet meme. I have was not familiar with it, but it is absolutely a thing. I think we'll probably post it on social media. Yeah. I don't think it'll work as well here in the podcast version. Okay. But it got to the point where people were scoring touchdowns and moving like Bernie. And that's probably the lasting cultural impact of, of this, this You said series. 2009? 2009, yes. I have no memory no, of this. No, not at all. I think the original video has millions of views. So huh, okay. Probably more people than saw the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> um, the movie living on as a concept versus a movie in and of itself. That seems to be the prevailing sentiment from any sort of journalism I can I can get from this. That makes sense. I mean, it we we talked earlier or in, in the episode in the original episode about um, how I met your mother mm-hmm. and Barney, aka Barney's. yeah, uh, Neil Patrick Harris making Thank that reference. Goodness, we we don't actually see the entire play for Weekend at Barney's. No, we, we, yeah, we see like a clip or something as uh, uh, one scene. There are times where we get more diagrams and more. And I'm glad we get, <laughs> get the full play. Um, but. There's a proud history of small-time crooks or just people having tough times of their luck being arrested for bringing bodies in to cash Social Security checks all over the world. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, that's terrible and awful, but people do a lot of terrible and awful things for money. (laughs) Um, It seems like a lot of hard work, Mm -hmm. honestly, to... I mean, a dead body is literally we talk about dead weight. Uh, that's not an I think easy the most task. Recent one in like 2019 in uh, in Ireland, and they first went to try to cash the guy's social security check, and were told no, like he has to be present. And so then they said, well, he's in the car. Do you see him? And like, no, 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 he has to come into <laughs> the office. So they bring him into the office, and uh, authorities are not exactly sure. He might have actually died while sitting on the bench in the in the Social Security office. He may have just been not doing well. Oh, wow. That's, that's an interesting quandary. <laughs> but so that's the most recent one I could find. The first one I could find was actually in, like, 1990, so right after this movie came out, uh, where a bunch of guys found their buddy. He was dead, so they figured, you know, whatever. They brought him to the strip club with his credit card and just went a little crazy. I mean, that seems exactly, they're like, hey, guys, did you see that movie? Well, in 1990, you know, you probably still have to have a photo ID to use a credit card. You probably do actually have to sign things and they check your signature and all all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, 1990, they're probably still going like, you know, with the little like carbon copy. (laughs) 
And um, the writer and director of this movie are still to this day involved in a lawsuit claiming that uh, the other people, the producers kind of burnied them out of their money for the royalties. <laughs> Interesting. So that, that is uh, still still ongoing, has not been settled. That's a long time. Yes, yes, yes. Seems uh, like probably no one has any of that money anymore. <laughs> So you wanted to talk about who Andrew McCarthy and Jonathan Silverman were and where they came from. And what right, and where now. they were at this time, yeah. Who you want to hit first? Um, let's go with Andrew McCarthy. To me, Andrew McCarthy seems more iconic um, because of, obviously, Pretty in Pink and Mannequin. Okay, okay. Uh, his first movie is actually a movie that's written about in uh, the Forbidden Bookshelf problematic movies of the 80s. It's actually the first article in that called class i've never heard of this movie no. before the book i've never seen it but uh kind of a early prep school slacker that uh i think has an affair with a teacher mm. and yeah. okay uh then next movie saint Elmo's fire okay okay so followed by pretty in pink mm-hmm. mannequin less than zero and then this Okay. That's a stretch. That's it, about four years. Yeah, he's on fire then. He then remakes Quiet Days in Clichy. Are you familiar No, I'm with not that? familiar with that at all. It's a Henry Miller sort of basically writing porn for uh, for pay. Okay. <laughs> it's semi-autobiographical, but basically he was just paid to write a porno novel. And it was adapted once in, I think, 70 and then once in, uh, in, in here, like 1990, where he was played by Andrew McCarthy. And that kind of seems to be the end of his career as a, as a leading man. Interesting. He seems to be mostly a, a working actor. I know that I've seen him on like, um, I don't know if it's an SVU or... Uh, I think he's in just about everything that people are in. One I remember specifically is one where they've like, basically they're keeping a woman in a box under the bed. Like, it's kind of terrible. Ugh. Like, uh, you know, like they have a completely normal house, but yeah, the dark, <laughs> dark underbelly. Uh, I think I remember him from Monk is where I probably okay. remember him from most recently. Oh man, that'd be a fun rewatch. That might, that might. And uh, I think I said uh, Jonathan Silverman, I believe it was actually Andrew McCarthy who's kind of directed just about every TV show out there. Oh, Andrew McCarthy is yes, directing he's a, he's too. A okay, prolific, prolific television okay. director. Uh, Great for him. He's done about an episode of everything you've ever seen, but he has directed most of the episodes of Blacklist. Oh, is that the one oh, with uh, James Spader? It is the one with James Spader. Okay, okay. we haven't seen re- a single episode of it, but re- reunited as buddies because they're the buddies in, in Pretty in Pink. Yes, yes, and always. Their outfits are crazy, especially um, Spader's outfits. He's wearing these white, white uh, suits, no shirt. And I, I'm guessing his name is Steven and he just goes by Steph. It's like such an 80s uh. thing to do. It's so <laughs> blah. <laughs> and I think, oh, Andrew McCarthy's name is Blaine. Blaine. <laughs> Blaine and Steph. Oh, my goodness. Um, a lot of episodes of Gossip Girl. Oh, cool. And most of the episodes of Orange is the New Black. Oh, wow. That's yeah. great. That's an interesting... That's an interesting mix, but that's, I mean, some really heavy hitters. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Silverman. He was uh, Brighton Beach Memoirs. It's a Neil Simon play. Okay. Turned mm-hmm. into, a, I think, a Jewish student in a uh, some sort of school situation, anti-Semitism. I don't know. I, I haven't seen it. I just don't really do drama. I'm not TNT. I mean, (laughs) 
Sorry, that was we, bad. We're we're more like we have characters. What's which that? What's that one? <laughs> That's USA. USA. Because USA has characters. Yeah. TNT knows drama. Yeah, we're more. <laughs> we're into characters. Yeah. <laughs> he was then in Give Me a Break. Are you familiar with this show at all? With uh, Nell Carter? Yes, I watched that show as a kid. Okay, I love that show. I love Nell Carter. Oh, oh, I've never heard of this show. I didn't. I don't really remember him. I mean, I guess he was a kid. So he was a child, and he was not in as many episodes. Got it. I think he was later. He was friends with, I believe, kind of the the Rudy of the show, the Chachi of the show, uh, Joey Lawrence. Oh, who kind of came in yes. later. Totally remember that Joey Lawrence was the kid in that. Yes, I love Nell Carter. <laughs> uh, was then in uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Okay. Which, what's that? Uh, Shannon Doherty, SJP, and Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt. She's an outlier in that little little trio, I yeah, think. Yeah, not what I was expecting. Um, you end up in dark corners of the internet researching this show. Uh, Helen Hunt last week just won a... Mr. Skin's 23rd Annual Anatomy Award. I guess when they had the Academy Awards, he does the oh, Anatomy no. Awards. <laughs> oh, Actually, man. not for Lifetime Achievement, though. Actually, for a, a movie that she was in this year. Recently, okay. Which uh, put her in being nude in a movie for four consecutive decades. I don't know exactly what that means, but... Okay, that's an interesting designation. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this was for a single role. The actual Lifetime Achievement went to... Um, why can't I think today? Samantha, crap. Sex in the City. Kim Cattrall. Oh, Kim Cattrall. Who I read a very hot take about in a different kind of thing that she is winning the Sex in the City wars because not only is she in How I Met Your Father, but that they say her absence is noted in every scene of and just like that oh yeah they can't get away from her i mean <laughs> we've we haven't gotten farther into it because it just was not a lot of fun to begin with um, we'll get back to it i mean we're we're really kind of loving a bunch of hbo max shows uh, we're just we're just minxing it up right now okay right so come so, on come on along come to on our to the ride. Side podcast we're having Minx a good time max, having a blast doing that and that that's our tv right now so we have uh, Caddyshack 2 was his next film. Okay. I saw that at a Mr. Gaddy's Pizza. <laughs> I just, all I know of is, what, is Rodney Dangerfield in that? No. No, he's in the first one? He's at, there's, Chevy Chase is in about four minutes of Caddyshack 2, and he's the only person back, and he says he wished he'd done what everybody else did and throw the script in the trash. Um, Is there a, a gopher? The, the the gopher's the star of the second of the one. second one okay the gopher's in the first one but the second one is basically the gopher movie is it um bill murray that's trying to get rid of the gopher in that's the, first, the one? first movie yes okay. yes that's a very side plot of the first movie kind of being about Becomes... a class war and okay yeah yeah yeah. so that for the second movie they're taking away let's take a r-rated film about class and with rodney dangerfield and let's make it a pg film about a wacky gopher and, and make a sequel. <laughs> I mean, that sounds perfect to be playing at Mr. Gaddy's. You're like playing whack-a-mole, uh, watching the Scofer movie. Yeah. I had to Google that Mr. Gaddy's is still a thing. Is it? It, it is. Uh, I think there's only two locations left in Tennessee, but there are still dozens of locations in Texas where it originally came from. Okay. A lot kind of in that Kentucky, Ohio, Michigan, kind of whatever that's called there, where it's, it's not really north. It, it's cold enough to be north but it's got more in common with what we do than than New York. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't really know. Um 
And uh, I remember liking Mr. Gaddy's. I only ever went when we went on church things. We never, we never went as like my family. Oh, gotcha. See, my family. That was that was the one time I got to watch The Simpsons because we were Ooh. at Mr. Gaddy's and it was on, and we were not allowed to watch The Simpsons. <laughs> I don't know, we, we should maybe say that I don't know if all Mr. Gaddy's have this, but ours had a movie theater sized screen, and they would just play TV on it. Uh, and then this, and then this. Pretty much seems to be Weekend at Bernie's and Weekend at Bernie's to the end of his kind of leading man status. He's mostly working as just a working actor for until a couple of weeks ago. He's still working as a working actor, so good for well, him. Well, he had a series. He did have that series, a single guy, but it was pretty forgettable, I think. I mean, yeah. I don't. I remember watching it in college. I feel like it was reruns on something it in was college. two seasons, but it managed to get some syndication. It got some decent syndication. So, yeah, I remember that, being on a bunch, and so they, it stood out more than it probably should. Yeah, I think they generally say like five seasons is what you need for syndication, but uh, I guess they were breaking the mold on that. Because <laughs> they were running out of stuff. <laughs> they were, oh, we, got, we got the couple rolls of the, the single guy. Put it on. Put it on. I feel like I made you watch a few minutes maybe of the movie Sketch Artist with Jeff Fahey, the lawnmower man, and Sean Young. You could have. I mean, there's... It's a erotic thriller from the 90s that I remember just staying up late to watch. And it's a guy who is a police sketch artist. Okay. And so he's, you know, sketching the murderer. Mm-hmm. And the more he's sketching it, the more he's sketching it. It's his wife interesting okay i that doesn't sound familiar okay i mean i i think of all the the 90s erotic thrillers with like scott bacula oh this was like straight uh vhs straight to hbo kind of erotic thriller there there would never have been like a trailer for this on tv no no no. i'm not even talking about trailers but just like stuff that comes on now stuff that like um guys Zach is classic at like going, oh, wow, look at this crazy thing, leaving it on. And I'm scrolling my phone and I look around like he's gone. This movie's been on for I don't know how long. It's like, are you coming back? Like, or am I watching this? And then I do wind up watching it. It's so dumb and crazy. It's either like a 90s erotic thriller or wrestling. Those are the only (laughs) two things that it happens on. Well, those things are kind of boring. (laughs) Well, why did you leave them on? Pick something else. I don't know. <laughs> Let's go fix a drink and play video games or something. Bye. <laughs> you do you, babe. All right. Here, here's the half the time I hand you the remote and you're just not paying attention, and all of a sudden, like an hour later, you're still watching American Ninja or something. <laughs> oh, that's true. That the American Ninja series yes. always falls into that. Too. It usually ends up being part two for whatever reason, which is not the best. And by best. <laughs> It's <laughs> a real loose term. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Jonathan Silverman is in Sketch Artist 2, Hands That See. This time, she's blind. And he has to sketch her from his description, from her description. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> that seems like it works really well. And drum roll, Good Girls. Have you, are you familiar Good girls. Good girls. No, I'm not. It's got uh, Christina Hendricks. Uh, oh. It is, I guess they try to rob a convenience store okay. and then the mob has been using it as a money laundering and they just into... I have seen previous, I just didn't remember that's the name of the show. Um, there's, I feel like there's a couple shows like there, there's, isn't there maybe, and there's a movie with Melissa McCarthy, but then there's a show, Christina Hendricks, 
Who else is in it? There's like two other ladies. Two other ladies. I didn't recognize either of their names and I, I moved on with my life. Okay. I didn't click on them. So Fair, fair, fair. But I, I'm sure they're lovely people. I just didn't recognize <laughs> their nothing, names. Nothing personal. Um, no, I have seen previews or commercials for it. I just it, didn't remember that was the name. I had, I had the Jewish Observer newspaper from 1989 to get to. I had all sorts of things. It was, I had just... If I can find you a microfiche machine, it really feels like that's what you need. Um, but so is Jonathan Silverman in that? Is that what, where you were going Season with that? Season four reunites Jonathan Silverman and Andrew McCarthy. Aha. Okay. And it is coming out any minute now. Oh. <laughs> so. TBD. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, moving on, Terry Kaiser. You wanted to know where he came from? Yes. The Bernie, of course. Right. Not a lot to say. So he just shows up. He largely guest roles in stage acting. Okay. So I mean, he's been a guest star in everything from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And a, a star of the stage in, I believe, uh, Houston, Austin area okay. for decades. Uh, teaches acting in Austin. Uh, he was H.G. Wells in Lois and Clark of the New Superman Okay. Or New Adventures of Superman or whatever it's I called. I feel like if I think hard enough, I can imagine that. and Because and, I, I watched all of that. Yeah. I was in Fresh Prince for a few episodes and apparently didn't get slapped. So, um, <laughs> uh-huh, okay. sorry. I, I got, I've, I've got material, guys. Oh, no. <laughs> Golden Girls, Hill Street Blues, Walker, Texas Ranger. So he's been in everything, but doesn't. this seems to be his breakout role. Interesting. Okay. That's, that's a weird thing to kind of be known for. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fantastic physical comedy. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. It seems like someone would have seen him do something like this to think he was capable of that level of commitment to a role like yeah, this. Yeah, I just assumed he had to be a stand-up comedian yeah, or, some or, sort or of do weird... funny faces. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. It would or... definitely seem that way. But also, too, then pulling it all together in the family, he's in Mannequin too. Mm-hmm. As the the bad guy, and he's got a weird mole in hair. Right, but yeah, that that seems to be his second biggest role. Okay, is, is that in this? So. That movie's weird. I mean, they covered it on how did this get made. I remember seeing it in the theater, um, which is so weird because, like, I mean, Mannequin, the first Mannequin, I remember seeing it. Is the first Mannequin? Mannequin comes to life, and the second one is like medieval fairy tale princess gets turned into a mannequin and then gets turned back years later yeah they kind of call it a statue like she's more of a statue okay and so it's like a traveling so it's a mannequin but it's not really a mannequin like the movie's Correct. called mannequin, but they're like we can't really like, well kim we, control did it better oh a hundred percent kim control did it better it made it made way more sense. I don't, know what, I don't know what that means, but it did. The reason that what ties it together, really, honestly, is um, oh, oh crap, Meshach Taylor okay, is really okay. what pulls it all together. Because for some reason, they're having a tour of this, like the Maiden Girl statue, like this famous statue, quote unquote, is coming through the states and doing a tour of malls, and we're doing a show. It's going to be around, and Meshach Taylor Taylor is like producing the show at the mall, um, and so that's how this comes into play, I guess. And he, and he's kind of like, not again, you know. I mean, because <laughs> how often does that happen to? You, but the first mannequin being, I mean, it's kind of racy. I mean, he they're hooking up in the store and he's waking up with mannequins and furs and making her people are making faces. Um, oh, is he like in a window 
Yeah, he's he does the window designs. But like, is he like waking up like nude in a window with a mannequin parts all around him? I feel like I have some sort of. Um, a... I'm not sure if it's, he wakes up in a window. You might be thinking of Friends when they they okay, wake up at the maybe. museum. But I know he's in the store and there's a bunch of fur coats. I remember that being a thing. And I think um, Holland Taylor is maybe the store manager. Huh, maybe. Okay. Um, but. Yeah, so it really like the the through line of mannequin one mannequin two really don't go together very well, um, but it it is more like of a kids movie except for the fact that at the very end spoiler of this movie that came out forever ago and is Taylor. T- Taylor oh wait, I'm is, I'm covering my ears, but I'm gonna edit this thing in in twenty minutes, so uh, I'm gonna hear it anyway. <laughs> um, they like. They put it's a necklace that freezes her. Okay. They put it on Terry Kaiser because he wants. I don't know if he's attracted to her. He just wants her for the money. I don't know that there's really what the scheme is. Um. But then he's like up in a some sort of balloon, and he's he's been frozen as a statue, and he falls out and cracks and falls apart, which is like kind of terrifying. I mean, you're like, if I stop and think about what this actually means, <laughs> like ah. <laughs> but <laughs> the end. <laughs> Yikes, yikes. And we can build a city. <laughs> <laughs> Roll credits. Yes. Oh, uh, I didn't mention earlier, but Caddyshack 2 does have a, a different Kenny Loggins song. A different one? Yeah, a different one. So okay. at least Kenny Loggins came back to do All another, right. a, a sequel. Do you like a Kenny Loggins song? Speaking of sequels. Okay, more sequels. Um, The playing footsie trope. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, you talked like, about where that. Where did it come from? Like, what What do I know it from? Why do I know it? I feel like they'd say it's a bunch of sex comedies from the 80s. Yeah, I that think, makes sense. I uh, think Hot Chili, which was an early USA Up All Night movie that I saw that mm-hmm. I shouldn't have. That, like The sequel, to, sort of sequel to The uh, Last American Virgin, but really just sort of a bunch of guys going to Mexico trying to get a job at a resort trying to hook up with the people staying there. Um, it's Loaded Weapon 1 with Emilio Estevez. Okay. Is, it's a National Lampoon movie, but as we talked about when we talked about National Lampoon, that it's like the first movie that they just started selling their rights to the right, name. Right, just slap, slap the tag on. Yeah. Uh, Friends and How I Met Your Mother both have big scenes of that. I think that uh, Chandler said that her leg was so far up my pants that she could feel my change. <laughs> Uh, Debbie Gibson's Shock Your Mama music video is all Ooh. about that. I don't remember that one. That doesn't, I don't think that was on the Electric Youth album. <laughs> <laughs> I had the perfume too. <laughs> it had a little like neon lightning bolt through it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I still think exclamation perfume might be the best. Oh, I had model. that too. I had that too. It uh, smelled so bad. <laughs> Oh, it was terrible, but the bottle was great. The bottle was great, yes. <laughs> Faust 2 is the first time <laughs> that footsie that I could tell in literature is ever recorded. Faust 2? There's a Faust 2? There is a cheap cash-in 20-something years after Faust by the original writer. Yes, that is a thing. Weird. It is like the first crappy sequel. <laughs> That's so strange. I mean, we read Faust in in literature classes. Yes, but they're like twenty years later. They came back and like we're gonna cash in on this whole Faust thing. Weird. And wrote Faust two. <laughs> electric Boogaloo. <laughs> I have Faust two electric Boogaloo in my notes. Yes, high five. <laughs> uh, 
So that's that's how far back this goes. <laughs> and was able to find a few ribald tales and, and pub songs that kind of mention things like that. So apparently people have been towing each other's balls for hundreds of years. <laughs> I was going to say a, a something, tra- well, something tradition. I, I don't know. <laughs> A well-worn tradition, a, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. A well-played-out tradition. That's okay. It's just a tradition, just apparently. A tradition. tradition. Sorry. <laughs> I don't think it happened. Can we today. add, like, an extra song in to the director's cut to Fiddler on the Roof? About, <laughs> <laughs> about under-the-table under stuff? Under-the-table stuff, yeah. <laughs> okay, that seems to fit, yes. So I left a half a page for my notes about the Manhattan to Hamptons ferry. Because, you know, like, can oh, yeah, you drink, party, can you whatever, party, what yeah. time does it leave, what time does it arrive? Uh-huh. Doesn't There's exist. no frigging ferry. Doesn't exist. <laughs> Completely made up. Just, just made up. Made up for they a friend time. They didn't even film it in the Hamptons. They filmed it in North Carolina. Oh, really? Yes. Huh. What is that area called? That that has a name, doesn't it? Like, people go there and, they, and I always go, I always nod and go, oh, yeah, that's fine. Great. And, like, I'm not exactly sure where they're going, I feel like. Or is that, like, Wilmington area? Like I th- Yeah, I think more like Wilmington okay. area. Like Dawson's Creek? Yeah. Got it. But I guess they built the house for the movie and oh, the outer knocked it down banks. after. The Outer Banks. People talk about going to the Outer Banks. Is that in North Carolina? I don't know. I just know the Outer Limits. No, I don't think that's it. People are like, I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. I'm like, I don't really know where that is. Like, have fun. But <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those, like, okay. There's sometimes you get so north that, like, the beach is like, eh. It's, yeah, it's like a coast. Yes. Not really a beach. Like, when you start getting to, like, San Francisco. Like, I've seen the pictures. It's just a bunch of rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, that that's, like, where um, ghost stories are made. Right. Like, some of that stuff in, like, Spain and Portugal. And, man, the views are beautiful. The water's beautiful. But that beach is just a bunch of rocks. Yeah, that's not. I mean, you, yeah, yeah. You have different gradations of beaches all the way to the other side. So, when we first moved here when I was a little kid from Miami, um, I remember friends meeting people and like oh we're going to the beach this weekend and i was like i'm i'm in elementary school but i think i know enough about geography to know that there's not a beach here like i'm i'm sorry i'm confused um like you're driving to the beach this weekend that seems awfully far like no 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 we're going to the beach you should come and they meant the lake I'm like oh oh i'm sorry there's a sand recreation area by the lake Cool. Yeah, that's not a beach. Uh, I felt sorry for them at six years old. I was like, oh, oh, you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> Think very carefully how you ask, answer this next question. Mm, okay, I'm nervous. So I lived the first five years of my life one block off of Lake Erie. Mm-hmm. Was that the beach? No. Okay. <laughs> I think no. <laughs> You don't have, you can have a, like a short, like hang out by the lake. You go to the lake. There's sand. There's waves. Some five months out of the year, it's not frozen solid over where you can walk to Canada. (laughs) No. Beaches. I mean, it did catch on fire one time with all the crap floating on it. (laughs) No. Beaches are like a, a peninsula, like, or full on end of land, uh, not in inland not inland like there's land all around that now what does lake erie have like an outlet to no because then it's connected to canada no not a beach it's like 26 miles across it's a pretty big lake but it's still a lake it's just a big lake 
It's a great that it's a, it's great, a great lake. lake. That's what they called it. They were like, it's not a beach. What do we call it? All right, ten minutes of forbidden geography okay. for you guys. <laughs> a great lake. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have to take your uh, your your answer there into consideration. Fine, <laughs> we can agree to disagree on that. So you said that Colin Firth was somebody unlikable in true crime something. Correct. And that maybe he he was probably a Peterson and maybe it was the owl guy. Correct. That was my, that was what I was thinking. I don't have much to add. Like, that's exactly it? That's exactly it. Yes. All right. Is it Michael Peterson? Uh, it is Michael Peterson. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So the staircase, a... Is it is it a the staircase is the name of the show that he's going to be in? Okay, well, the staircase is the name of the documentary too. Um, or the that, staircase murder, or the, I don't no, it's just called the staircase. It's just called the staircase. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that that's what trial trial and error was based on. Yes, yes. Yeah. First episode of Criminal Podcast was based on that kind of before the whole true. Oh crime. right, that's right. Yeah, I started. I remember I binged that hardcore. Then I was like, "There's this new podcast. You just listen to it. It's, got, <laughs> it's all over the place, but it's a lot of fun." <laughs> okay, so we're getting into the character um, Eloise Brody, or Eloise Brody is the actress who played Tawny. Oh, okay. Yes, that okay. comes in. Borrows the keys to the boat. Yes, 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 yes. So I told you that uh, she. I gave you four four choices. Have you had a chance to think about what you think she probably is? Yeah, I, have I believe to remind my multiple you. choice was uh, Playboy Playmate. Okay. Somebody who's in the creative team of uh, at least three shows that we watched. Somebody who we've listened about on a true crime documentary or true crime podcast, and a billionaire philanthropist. You said she could be more than more one. than one. Yes, I'm going to say all of the above. Only two of the above, actually. Okay. Well, I'm hoping then that... I'm thinking she probably was a Playboy Playmate. Yes. And which makes me hesitant and makes me say she's probably attached to some sort of true crime. No, actually not. Oh, good. Okay. Good, good, good. <laughs> I'm glad. Yay. Up. Uh, heading up. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, she was in Playboy in uh, April of 1988. Okay. Vanity was on the cover. Oh, okay. So bringing it back to Prince, bringing it back to Purple Rain, <laughs> and every time you hear a motorcycle. Guys, I don't know why. It's not the only thing. You shouldn't thing. be this wrong or this right. It, I, you shouldn't. I know. Like, there's so many things with, with shows and movies with like, motorcycles. Could be watching, like, Cobra like, or watching something? watching anything, but it's always Purple Rain. And it's not, like, every week. <laughs> I mean, but I'm right 100% of the time. I, I don't know how to use these powers for good. Uh, she was 32 when this movie was filmed. She looks fantastic. I mean, way to go on you for being 32. Yeah, had like a five-year-old and a 10-year-old by this time. Get so, it. Mom of two, yeah. Um, she has been in 29 acting roles. She had a name in 12 of them. So this was her second time she ever had a name. Uh, she has been Girl on Bus, Girl in Video, Sexy Babe, Girl at Party, Blonde at Salon, Woman at the Met, Housewife, Barfly number one, announcer, mom, beauty pageant judge, beauty pageant judge one, football booster. So she's had a lot of, oh, that girl. <laughs> I mean, that a lot of people do, yes. but they're working. Um, which uh, So uh, that's messed up podcast. They say um, that you're booked and blessed. <laughs> mm, okay. When you've got like a big IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, she was a uh, spokesmodel for a um, hair, hair product company. Okay. She's got great hair. a bunch of years. Yes. Um, her name now is Eloise DeJoria. Does that mean anything to you, the name DeJoria? 
Kind of. I believe we've spoken about this off mic over the years that at least I, I don't know if you were or if it was just me, was absolutely shocked to see what Paul Mitchell actually looks like. Oh, right. It's not. It's not. Who you see in John ads. Paul DeGioria, who is the person in the ad. Oh. Who so is the 50% owner of the company. And she's married to him. Yes. So she was she did Paul Mitchell. She yeah they met I guess as she was the spokesmodel and he was their pitchman slash co creator. I love it. And uh, so they sold Paul Mitchell for about eight hundred million and spent most of that buying Patron Tequila. Oh, so which so you're what you're saying is the man that we formerly knew as Paul Mitchell is actually the most interesting man in the world maybe actually. <laughs> He's still got the ponytail. Love it. Yes. Still got the ponytail yes, to yes, yes. this day. He, Of course he should. So together between his first relationship, her first relationship, and, and their children have six children, a bunch of grandchildren, uh, and they are huge supporters of children's charities, uh, recovery charities, and theater. I love it. So Yay. a happy ending. Yay, Tawny. <laughs> um. And then we had mentioned that you thought your first exposure to a thong might have been overboard. Yeah, that's what I thought. 100% it's in there. Okay, so then that had to have been it. It got me thinking. All this talk about thongs, and I don't remember seeing this movie as at 10 and thinking like, hey, hey butts, you know, like, well, I because find they that were sexually more attractive. Like, more toplessness. I think maybe that, that was the distraction piece. I don't know. Yeah, I think butts were just probably funny and gross, and probably a bunch of dude stuff at 10 is funny and gross. Yeah, but but are you saying that there were thongs in ten? I mean, no, there no, no, were, I mean, when I was ten years old. When you were 10 when I was ten years, years old, old, I thought you were talking about the movie no, ten. No, no, no. When I was ten years old and seeing this for the first, I don't even remember Got registering. It. Besides, like, oh, like that's kind of gross. That's a butt, you know. <laughs> Barf, if you will, <laughs> to the forbidden ballet. <laughs> but I had to thinking because I was unfortunately doing a deep dive on PG nudity. <laughs> And thinking that uh, my forbidden cousin has a big thing that my dad sent him a bunch of videos before they had VCRs and then whatnot and had taped Beastmaster off of HBO. And that was the first time he ever saw a woman's breasts was in Beastmaster. And it's really making me question my first exposure in Roadhouse because I know I saw Beastmaster before Roadhouse. But did your dad edit it for you? I need to get a VCR that works, and I need to find out of my parents' attic. I need to find that tape and find out. Uh, Maybe it was edited, or was I just so young that it didn't even register? It wasn't. I was too young to realize what I was seeing. I don't know. It feels like your dad would have edited it. Your mom would not have flown. Your mom would not have been on board. I feel like we do have a VCR that works. I don't think we have a TV that it will hook to. <laughs> just, just, yeah, chicken and egg kind of situation. Like, we have it. It won't, like. It hasn't been plugged in in probably 12 years. So who knows if it actually works or not. But, uh, but yeah, if I can find my dad's copy of Beastmaster, because it's just taped on a tape with other stuff. Right, right. But yeah, As you did. Yeah, like three-year-old me introduced the movie for the. <laughs> oh, wow. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, um Getting to the uh, to the forbidden bookshelf, going through some print, trying to see what I can find. Uh, the only thing, even you just Google Weekend at Bernie's, the only thing I could really find was what did I say, like the Jewish Observer from 1989. 
not a lot really in there of to, to like of, of like reviewing it yeah yeah i would have thought it'd be much bigger production for everybody would have reviewed it but do you just mean like physical print is still available exactly okay. physical print that i can still find got it so, okay uh, looking at terry hazlitt of the mm-hmm. observer reporter um bear with me for a minute here okay movies in the theaters in western pennsylvania the week that this comes out okay okay batman ghostbusters 2 great balls of fire honey i shrunk the kids karate kid 3 dead poets society indiana jones and the last crusade and weekend at bernie's that's a huge terry hazlitt isn't screwing with this movie He's talking about how Batman kind of screwed the returns for Ghostbusters 2 and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Both of them had huge mm-hmm. fall-offs when Batman came out. That I think uh, Ghostbusters 2 was the first movie to or the fastest movie to make the to make it past like the 10 million or the 100 million mark. Oh wow, okay. And Batman shattered the record by 9 days. Oh, wow. That came out a few weeks later. Yeah, I mean, why would you screw around with this movie? That's a huge, huge hitter <laughs> of, of a week. I mean... That's crazy. I mean, I remember seeing... Next week, seeing, Lethal Weapon 2 is coming out. I saw... I know I saw Ghostbusters 2 in the theater. I think it was my grandfather took us. He, like, randomly took us to movies. Like, I feel like my grandmother said, go take them somewhere. Um, and he's like, I don't know what to do. I, I don't play. I'm yeah. an old man. Let's go to the movies. I saw five of these in the theater. I know I saw um, Last Crusade. I know Ghostbusters 2. Um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, what else did you say? I didn't see – I mean, Dead Poet Society, that would have been no, too old. I saw old. that on VHS. Yeah. Batman, Ghostbusters 2, Great Balls of Fire, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Karate Kid 3, Dead Poet Society, Weekend at Bernie's, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I don't know. I I I think I saw Karate Kid three in the in the that's the one with the bonsai tree, right? Yes, yes. Um, it just didn't resonate the same way that one and two did. But I feel like we would have probably seen it in the theater. Um, I know I've seen Great Balls of Fire, but I don't think I saw that in the theater. And I don't think we would have seen Batman in the theater. One, it just would have been. A little too dark. A little too Nicholson. dark, and as Jack Nicholson, the you know, two two marks against it. Yeah, I was there opening weekend for Batman in the theater. Ghostbusters two, I saw on my for my birthday party that year. <laughs> um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I'm pretty sure I saw it twice. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my neighbors took me. Who my neighbors had like the kind of trip to L.A. that you just assume everyone's gonna have. Like, they go to L.A., and one of them ends up on The Tonight Show. One of them ends up winning, like, a double showcase on uh, The Price is Right and just hooks up with Jet Li, starts taking karate, starts becoming a stuntman, just stays in L.A. and and works there as an actor for, like, 10 years that sounds like a movie version of a sitcom it you know like it? an extended yeah like like we're, we're taking hiatus for the summer but we put together a two-hour special and and all the fun crazy yeah that's that's what zach morris and ac slater do exactly exactly it's so weird to just what well, you know I, we were in uh, graduate school and you for some reason just started watching the the second mary kate and ashley olsen show i loved that show and it ended like they didn't i we, I still don't know if, if the babysitter and the dad got together. I want to know. I don't think he ever speaks, but my neighbor growing up is just in the class in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah, so I think they took me to see Honey, I Shrunk the Kids at least twice. Uh, man, die, cried when that aunt died. My goodness. Ugh, trigger warning. Oh, I know. Ugh. 
Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I saw that one at Myrtle Beach on vacation with my parents. And uh, Karate Kid 3 I saw with my grandfather. Uh, I saw that one in... Probably, I guess, West Virginia when we were visiting them. So Sweet. Sorry, getting a little choked up. <laughs> um, Jim Bacchus, Mr. Magoo, died the day this uh, movie came out. Well, also, Jim Bacchus is also in Gellings Island. Oh, yes, yes. He's, uh, yeah, he's mis- the money. Thurston, Thurston Howell. Yeah, th- uh, exactly. The millionaire. The millionaire, <laughs> yes. But they do have an interview with Pat Morita in the entertainment section. Do you know anything about his early life growing up? I was really had no idea. No, I just know that wasn't he in early happy days? Yeah, before that though. Okay, no. Uh, he had spinal tuberculosis. Oh, I, I didn't as a know child, I didn't know thing. that was a thing. No, uh, he pretty much lived the first eleven years of his life in hospitals or sanitariums. Oh wow! Uh, he was learning to walk at eleven at a Shriners hospital after a surgery the Shriners paid for. Uh, when he was taken to an internment camp, the first time he lived with his parents was in an internment camp in nineteen forty one. Oh my gosh! Oh wow! That's a that's a. To then be Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to be a stand-up comedian. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of stand-up comedians come from really dark places. I guess. I guess. But, uh, but yeah, never learned karate. <laughs> we're, we're talking about Mr. Miyagi, if you're not. Right. Yeah. If you don't know who Pat Mor- <laughs> Morita is. The, the pers- basically, my spiritual advisor from about six to about 14, the, the person that I followed the most as to what it means to, to be a man, to be wise, to be physically fit and mentally fit, emotionally fit. Then later it became the rump posse. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but a great quote. is like, I love what the people that do karate can do. I love the way they move their bodies. But the breaking bricks thing, I just don't understand. It's, it's great that you're that strong, but why don't you just grab the brick and hit the guy with it? <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Think smarter, not harder. You know, Mr. Miyagi, best block, no be there. I I think Mr. Miyagi would probably the same thing with a brick. Yeah, like have brick, throw it. (laughs) So uh, the the two headlines, kind of the major headlines, are Supreme Court uh, refuses to hear major abortion case and Russian MiG crashes in Belgium. So Russia is instigating a world war and there's major Supreme Court abortion cases. Thank goodness we don't live in times like that anymore. <laughs> that's a joke, right? Like, yeah, those are, yeah, those are yeah, the top everyone, stories happening like right exactly, now. Exactly, right now. Yeah. So, um, oh, uh, also the vanity cover Playboy that had Ms. Eloise Brody Dehoria in it had an interview with Harrison Ford. Oh. Just bringing it back to Indiana Jones there. Um, so two other things I found... We have in October of 1989 Playboy, we have Miss Catherine Hands, a student that I have been in these dorm rooms before of Vanderbilt, and she has the most awesome George Michael poster in the background. <laughs> wow. That so poster is as big as she is. Is this like Ladies of Vanderbilt this is or something? Ladies of the Southeastern Conference. Okay. So... Yeah, I think the only issue of Playboy I've ever actually owned was the one that a couple girls I knew were in when I was going there. And then we have July of 1993, Terry Kaiser's big breakout. <laughs> I don't think we'll be able to post any of this. Um, Maybe that 
maybe, maybe we can first, crop it down a little bit. Just that what? Yeah, I mean that. This is just a, that's just a side. That's just a high thigh on gotcha. the left. But this is when uh, Weekend at Bernie's two is happening. He gets his entire spread as Bernie. With a bunch of ladies around him. <laughs> He's playing a corpse in all of these photo shoots. That's hilarious, actually. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. So I'm ending on Lucky Stiff, uh, which is the, <laughs> the title of the photo of the pictorial. What else you got, babe? I think that's the perfect way to end. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, wrap it up. Call it a day. Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, absolutely. So go check us out at on our social media. We are Forbidden Cinema on Instagram. You can send us an email, Forbidden Cinema Podcast uh, at gmail.com. And come check, check out, out our, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, come check out um what, what first of all, watch Minx on HBO Max. It's amazing. And every time you finish an episode Come listen to our recap um of it on uh Minx on Max going deeper and that's podcast on Apple. You can follow us, subscribe, rate, review, all those things. You can also um, follow us on Instagram, just uh, Minx on Max, Minx on Max going deeper. And yeah, just a lot of fun stuff. Enjoy the ride. Yeah. And uh, tell us your porn name. Right. Exactly. Um, you'll, you'll see that, that request on our, both of our social medias. Yes. yes um, we definitely want, we, we want a nice collective list. So, yeah, have a great time. Thank um, you guys for 49 episodes. Yes, 49. I mean, so, what's coming up for 50? 50? We're going to do Showgirls. That's right. We're, we're, we're going to hit it hit it hard. It's um, pretty much the, the one thing. Anytime we've told somebody we're doing this, it's either been some random movie that they couldn't watch as a kid. Or, or Showgirls. Like, when are you doing Showgirls? Exactly. So That's been it. the major request. So, here it comes. Your way. Showgirls. Watch it. Have a blast. Bye, guys. Bye.